Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. And I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back, everybody. We have a special week this week, mostly because we were supposed to have a guest, and now we do not have a guest. However, the theme that we were going to go for this week is still going to happen, which is Whiskey Week. So, Jake, tell us about your first whiskey that you're going to be drinking. Uh, I am going about as basic as you can get. Um, For reference, we are mixing all of these with just ginger ale. Um, Maybe we'll do a a straight whiskey episode one day, but I don't feel like doing it today. Um, And also to be an even bigger pansy, I'm mixing it with sugar-free ginger ale because that's all I have in my apartment. But the first whiskey of the week is tried and true classic Jameson. Uh, But I have honestly never had a Jameson and ginger ale. I've always just drank Jameson either straight or I've drank it with um, like Pickle lemonade. Pickle baby. I've drank it with lemonade, surprisingly. Really good. You should try it. But, so that is what I'm going to be drinking this week. I actually love Jameson ginger ale. It's one of my favorites. I'm a big Irish whiskey fan. Uh, and so, on that note, I am also going to do an Irish whiskey. I am going to have my first Jameson ginger, not Jameson, my first whiskey ginger, with Bushmills, uh, another common whiskey. Uh, so, another very stay classic on the Irish. In there and have it in a fancy whiskey glass because I'm a gentleman. I don't have as fancy of a glass, but I do have. That's good enough. It's a little low ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bushmills is good. This will be good. I'm happy with yeah. it. It's hard to beat. All right, so we already discussed it before the podcast. We know that I go first this week. Um, The guest that was supposed to join us tonight uh, might hang out in the chat a little bit, our guest David. Um, Otherwise, he will uh, not be joining us, and I get his topic for the week, which just makes everything a lot easier for me because I only had to think of one other topic. But David had a really good topic, and I think that you are the perfect person to have this topic with. Um, So his question was... If you could make a live-action adaptation of a video game, what game would it be and why? And would you do it as a film or a series? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm writing this down really quick so I don't forget what you just said. Um, the interesting thing that you, with you saying that, actually, is I think that the one that I, that I would have wanted is already a thing, and that is now The Witcher... And I think that they have done actually a pretty pretty good job with The Witcher being adapted into the te- television series on Netflix. I'm really looking forward to the second season. But because that is now already a thing, I will think of a different one. And I would have to probably say... I'd have to stay along the same theme, I think, and go with maybe, like, Dragon Age. Okay. And, and I feel like the, the only answer that I'm ever going to be able to come up with for this in general is going to be some sort of an RPG. Because I think to go from game to show with anything other than RPG would be impractical for the most part. Like, you can't turn Call of Duty into a movie. Like, you could, but it's going to be terrible. You could also do it as a series, though. Think about it. It would be bad. Like, I I already know that would be bad. But that's kind of how the game... I I get the argument for a series because that's kind of how the games are already set up. Like, the campaigns are mission-based. You essentially make a mission an episode. God, I could just see that being so bad. It could be bad, but if you did it right, I think you could do it really well. I'm not going to lie. I just I don't see any way that I would see that and think that it was good. Did you ever watch the Halo movie? Didn't they make a movie? Yes. I don't and even I, think I watched it because I, I knew did, that would be bad. I did watch it, 
and they i think they were an example of how you could do it really bad yeah. but i do i was super excited for the concept mm. of it and i've actually got a very interesting answer to this question um but why would you pick dragon age specifically and would you do so, it as a film or a series um i think so i think you could do this one of two ways I think you could do it either as a trilogy of movies to match the series of games, mm-hmm. or you could do a series. I don't think you could fit all of the content into one single movie. I think it would right. just be absurdly too like too long, or you'd leave out too many details. Because I think truly, the and the reason that I would always probably pick an RPG, some sort of an RPG, is because I think that the the amount of story specific to your character is heavily poured into an RPG as opposed to some, like, very generic game. Mm-hmm. So, like, even, like, The Witcher, right? Like, you're still playing the role of The Witcher. And so everybody experiences essentially the same story, but there's so much story. Right. So, and I think you have to pick something like that where it's, like, a an open-world, like, sandbox game. Otherwise, you're... I just don't think there's enough content. Like, Call of Duty, right? Like, you could, you could take every single game of Call of Duty in existence today and probably do it all in, like, what, maybe two, three seasons and be done. I think it'd be more than that. Well, it depends. Like, I, I guess if you broke up every game into its own season, then yeah, it'd be more seasons, obviously. But I think if you did like, I don't know, like the twenty twenty five episode seasons, yeah, like, you'd knock it out in a handful of seasons. Yeah. As opposed to, I think, and I think you can really, truly, not that you couldn't do this necessarily with a shooter like Call of Duty, but I think you can truly branch off of like the storylines of RPG games, and especially since there are, like, with The Witcher specifically, there's three games and mm-hmm. all three of them have just a massive amount of content right and so i think it would take a very long time for you to, to burn out all that content and so i and i truly think that i don't care about the story of call of duty honestly i'm not invested i'm sure there are people that do i did i've always played to. the campaigns and i've always enjoyed them i just don't i don't care about them as much as i would a, a game where i'm adapting into a specific role which is why as we said this i thought of another one and this one i think you could do as a movie hands down so i'll give you the one which is dragon age that i would do probably as a series or a trilogy of movies the second thing that i would do is jedi fallen order and it could be a single movie i think it could be a great movie i think if it was in the right hands and like with the same director as rogue one maybe you could come up with like a pretty freaking awesome story that follows along with somebody else in the star wars universe Mm -hmm. Uh, and it still would be playful and honestly i think i think we really look at star wars fans to things like Mandalorian or something like that's already a very established character, but I think right. that would be a unique take to go to somebody that's not so established within the universe and use that person as the as the storyline because I think that would be very helpful in terms of uh, wrapping in some new people and like not necessarily it would help maybe with perceptions too if you have an, a rather unknown character that you're following through a movie as opposed to somebody that's pre-established so that your your perception isn't ruined by like one versus the other you know what i mean right you kind of get like a fresh taste of what that character is so i don't know that's those are my two that's what i would pick so for me i would probably say that the first one that came to mind for me maybe it was a little unorthodox and it was escape from tarkov because i do think there is a story to tell there the way that kyle you play the game the way that you've played the game with us was us carrying you through just stupid raids with no after you get done talking i'm gonna write this down because i want to i want to bring up a counterpoint to what you just said but i don't want to interrupt you in the middle of what you're talking about okay so the way that we were playing the game with you was very like end wipe 
there was nothing else to do besides just us pushing fights like idiots and not caring. But there's an actual story to Tarkov, and there's a lot of lore that goes into it. And there's a reason why the maps are set up the way they are. And, you know, there's there's a whole background that I think you could tell really well in, like, a Band of Brothers-style series where, if, you know, you don't have to run through the exact missions that you run through in Tarkov. You don't have to do those quests. But I do think that you can tell a story phenomenally well over like a 10 episode band of brothers style series from the tarkov lore the reason i won't necessarily say this is my end all be all answer is battle state has kind of done this there is like a five episode raid series that they've done um but it doesn't really go that much into like the way that i would want to tell the story so i would do it differently than the way that they did which is why i'm going to make it my answer even though it's kind of not fair for it to be my answer um yeah but like, I just feel like they could do that in a really, really great way, and you could learn a lot about the lore of Tarkov through that. I think that's fair. I think this is just... It goes back to what I thought previously, which is in a shooter game, even if there is some sort of content behind the story, I just feel like... It's like you, you comp to, like, a Band of Brothers-style or series, right? Mm -hmm. Band of Brothers has so much... It had a way bigger budget than I think any video game movie probably ever would. Uh, unless HBO was this, the right the company that picked it up, right? Like nobody else is going to invest probably that I, level of cash into a series about I it. I think with this, we assume you can invest any amount possible into it. That's that's fair, but also, I mean, like the point being is like I think HBO made that an incredible series, right? Which is which you really do pick out like the peak of that type of series when you're pointing out like what you think Tarkov could be. But truly, there aren't that many Band of Brothers level or caliber series out oh, there yeah, from no, a 100%. standpoint at all. But I'm just—I was saying it more like I would rather I would do it in a ten episode series like that as opposed to like a, you know, twenty four for an example that was like what eight yeah. or nine different seasons. Like I would sure. make it like a quicker, longer episodes, more content in a shorter period of time, kind of thing. My only point is that I think you you're setting the bar way too high when you're like trying to comp with Band of Brothers. I know that wasn't your intent necessarily, but at the same time. A sh first-person shooter game turning into a movie or a series, in my opinion, is never going to meet the expectations of what people expect from a a war movie or series or trilogy or whatever. Like you, you go into those with with the anticipation that it is going to be incredible and that, or it's going to tie to like specifically World War Two. There's so many of them about World War Two, and so you have like the connection of history there. Was if you take like a random storyline that's supposed to be like quasi real i don't know i just i think the opportunities for failure are probably higher in turning that type of a game into quality viewable content I which is why i think I, I and i say that too because i think like look at look at how the way or how uh, call of duty is developed right so you get you get short video clips right in your missions that are how they feed some of that content to you and so you're getting already like a viewable content in that respect, but in order for you to truly buy into that storyline, you have to be playing the character. Right. Like you have to go in I and be that. the guy like crawling through and like sniping. Well, was or, it uh, was it Black Mirror that did the interactive episode? Oh my was god! It, did you like that? Because yeah, I, didn't. I thought it was I thought horrible. it was sick. So we uh, we sat and we woke up one morning. And we did the because we loved that series. Yeah. And it is Black Mirror. You're right, but we. We're like so excited for this interactive episode. We're like, great, new Black Mirror content. We went in and we played through two or three out of the options. I can't remember. And we were just like, God, that was 
fucking dumb. It was just so dumb. And it also was incredibly buggy, and it took us forever to get it to work, but... We had no issues getting it to work. I don't know if Jess enjoyed it as much as I did, but I've always liked that style of thing. But I get, I get what you, I do get what you're saying, in that you know part of why the Call of Duty stories are so great is because you kind of, whether you mean to or not, you kind of like take on the the role of the character that you're playing. So I could get where that's coming from. You'd almost have to do it in like a modified first person perspective, I think, to get kind of the same. That's so my. I want to be clear about my point there too. Is like I think in, and I fight for an RPG because you are taking on the role of the character as well. Right. Like you're bought into the story. My counterpoint is that with a game like Call of Duty or a shooter style game, you're not. You're more. I feel like you're, for at least for me personally, you're bought more into the action of it than you are the story. Like you're right. there yeah. and you're like, I want to get out there and shoot these people and accomplish this mission, or I want to go and stealth as fuck and take out this entire like group of people or whatever. Like I just I don't think you're in it for truly the what is the story telling me? It's more of, I want to get out there and shoot shit. Right. Which is very different, I think, than an RPG game. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get where you're coming from. Um, and then for me, if I were to do something as like a movie, I would probably choose The Last of Us. I think yeah, that I think you could do that in like a two and a half hour movie and you could still still tell the whole story. And I think you I'm could- I'm kind of surprised up. that's not already being developed because I feel like that is it probably a might. pretty perfect fit for, uh, for a individual movie. To transition oh the the last of us on hbo Apparently, is it a series or a movie uh and looks, is it actually tied to the game or is that just the title of some fucking thing that they produced it looks like it's uh, so this article came out yesterday actually um tied to the game it is a multi-season uh gonna be a multi-season tv show hmm. had, literally had no idea until right now when you brought that up that that was actually a thing but yeah, I feel like you could do also do The Last of Us as a movie, and I feel like you could tell the story really well. I also think, surprisingly, I think you could do a battle royale as a movie, because of the fact the the because of the fact that the Hunger Games, that's essentially what it was. It was a battle royale, and they obviously like you adapt the story to the narrative you wanna you wanna tell. But I do think that you could make that kind of thing work. I don't wholeheartedly disagree with you i think you need to be very careful about which one you pick yeah because i you can't pick God, I, you can't pick warzone night video game yeah you I can't pick warzone my mind i think of the battle royales i think apex honestly like there is a hidden lore to a lot of these characters and i think yeah. you could express that in a in a show or a movie well but yeah i could see that being like a an animated series like a cartoon series or something like that i think that would be good too I don't really get into, like, the animated series. Like, I had a really hard time, and I've tried really hard to get into the animated Star Wars series, and I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I would have a tough time adapting to that. But I think as opposed to doing, like, live-action dress-up for, like, something like Apex, it would be more suited to be an animated series. Yeah, I would. Pr- yeah, that's fair. I, w- I would probably do Apex animated. Which is fine. I'm not saying that it couldn't be transitioned into that with the lore that you were talking about, but I just don't know that I would... I personally would not be bought into that. David did specify live action, so I, I will I will seize seed the argument there. Yeah, I also don't know what postal is. I feel like I should know what that is based on what Uncle Kyle said, but I'm I'm, I'm struggling to. I recall feel what it is. I feel like my only experience with the postal game was when I was much younger and we were moving house uh, from one city to another. We stayed you say with one titty to another. I'm like ninety percent sure city. you just said one titty to the other. It's been a long day. <laughs> One city to another, 
Um, we stayed at uh, one of my dad's best friend's house for like two weeks. And I want to say that I played this game and got not in trouble necessarily for playing it, but like I wasn't supposed to be playing it when I was. Is this the same series that's still producing games? Like Postal Brain uh, Damage? Is that a part of the same series? Because apparently I that just came out so. this year. Postal Redux, it looks like, was released. So it looks like the original Postal was in 1997. Postal 2, Postal 3. But there's literally 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 of these now. Something Including like that. one that was produced in 16, 19, and 21. Postal. So there's Postal, Postal 2, Postal 3, Postal 4, and then there's a spin-off, um, according to Wikipedia. Huh. So it looks like there's Either only way, four I have official not games. These, so yeah. I can't speak on those becoming a series. Twisted Metal, speaking of Twisted, Twisted Metal could be a very interesting singular movie, I feel like. I could Just see like it. Just like an absolute like, demo derby of some sort, but that might be better suited as an animated too. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I could see it as, a, what was that um, Jason Statham movie um, where he had to drive to like get released from prison? I know what you're talking about. I'm blanking on the name. Whatever that was, I could see Twisted Metal turning into a movie like that. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot... Death Race is Death what Race, yeah. that was Death called. Race 2 was terrible, by the way, don't watch it. But Can't say I've ever watched either of them, if I'm being 100% honest with you. The first one was um, actually kind of good. But yeah, I feel like there's a surprising amount of games that I think could be, like, decent movies. Like... Yeah. If you really I'm sure. I, I honestly think you could pick your poison on an RPG and make a, make a some I some agree. sort of either movie or series out of it. You do a Skyrim, Elder Scrolls series. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You do. A, you do uh, it'd be weird to do it live action, but you could do like Borderlands. You could do Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy honestly could probably make a pretty Never decent really series. Never really played the Final Fantasy. I did they make it. a series of Final Fantasy too? I feel like that was one that's already been did they? produced. I don't think they did. I could be wrong. But I'm not Let's an expert. See. So there have been anime films. Okay. The first one being in '94. There's been nine total adaptations. That's interesting. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But I do cede to the fact that you can do a live adaptation of a lot of things very, very poorly. The yes. most recent example that's coming to mind for me is the uh, Netflix movie version of Death Note. Never the actual it. Death Note anime is is the anime that, like, I haven't watched a lot of anime. I'll, I'll state that. But it's the one that really made me watch anime in the first place. Besides, like, Dragon Ball Z and Naruto. I don't count that because those were, like, just on Cartoon Network when I was a kid. I've never really been bought into the anime world, so I'm not I a great source there. I think that I would like it a lot more. Um, but I need to like dedicate the time to watch it, and I just don't ever really do that. Uh, but the live action the whole Yu-Gi-Oh series that's basically do anime that. if you think about it. Um, I don't know. You tell me. But... It is based off manga. I mean, um, but yeah, the live movie version of Death Note is terrible, absolutely yeah. terrible. The anime is also terrible towards the very end and I that will piss some anime people off and most anime people I think will agree with me that the first season of Death Note was like 
prime anime, and then the second season they were like, all right, let's wrap it up. Let's just fuck this story in the ass and call it a day. You know, the interesting thing, I think, is that I think it's kind of like when you get attached to a book, and you're like, oh my god, that would make a fantastic movie, and then the movie gets produced and it's just absolute dog shit. It's the same yeah. thing for us. Like, we get really into some of these games, and we get, like, as people that are avid video game players, like, you know, you get in there, and you just get, you dive into some of these stories, and you get really into it, and then you're like, oh, man, I just would love to see this as a movie, and then you see it, and they generally are just massive disappointments. And it's just because it, you, you hype it up, and you're used to the characters, and, like, you have a visual of what that looks like in those interactions in your brain. And specifically for, like, live action. Like, I remember when they announced the casting for The Witcher, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I think, it, I, I think The Witcher I did. worked. I, I do think that they did a good job, and I think it worked out. But I just was nervous at the beginning because I'm like, I have this concept of what these characters look like in my brain. And so when they did casting that looked very different than what I was used to seeing, I was like, man, I just don't know. Like, this seems weird to have these characters so changed physically that I just don't know if I'm going to see it the same. And it turns out, I, like, that dis- or that connection just doesn't exist like i was able to completely separate my perception of the game and the movie or in the series and just really enjoyed the series as well i do think henry cavill was probably the perfect casting for the witcher though what's the there's a series on disney plus right now i do too by the way i agree he did a great job what's the there's a series on uh disney plus right now oh uh loki yeah a little bit unrelated, i haven't watched it i yet. haven't checked it out yet and i, I will when the mandalorian comes back because then i'll just watch them both while i have my disney plus subscription then i'll get rid of my disney plus subscription when i'm done with both of them but you can just have my login you can't say that disney's gonna find you now you just said that on the air disney's coming for you we live in the same house it's family account there's gonna be a cease and desist order on your fucking desk in like three hours send it to me i'll have my wife (laughs) sign up (laughs) but yeah man i think that's i think that is a legit topic i think that's good Uh, i think i uh, i have a hard time finding success in these types of situations and i think it's because of the reason that i just stated and that's you just get very wrapped into these characters and it's very hard for you to it's hard for a director and like a casting um whoever does the casting for the show to to make the image of and your expectation for that game match what's on the show and then more often than not i would say i'd probably be disappointed yeah i don't inherently disagree i feel like Moving forward, if, if studios do try and do live adaptations of video games, I think you almost need more gamer input and more input from the studios that actually created the games in the first place. Because yeah. I think they already know how to convey the story, so might as well consult them to try and convey it in just a live version. I don't know. That's my opinion on it. But I do want to thank David for that topic. I do think that was a, a really topic. great topic. Yeah, David, if you missed it, you gotta re uh, rewatch the episode, listen to it when it's uploaded on Spotify. By the way, everybody, the uh, download for last week's episode just finished, literally right now. I've been downloading this for fucking three days. I might have it, to just try to download it myself this next time and see if I can do it. It will be up, hopefully tonight. I will, as soon as this episode is done, I will put it in RSS and I hopefully it will be posted to Spotify and iTunes this evening. But, ty- uh, shit. Kyle, move on to your second, or your first topic here. God, Words is hard. it's David is in the chat. He can tell you we had a six-hour-long meeting today. My brain's fried. I spent literally all day at doctors' offices doing like annual checkups and shit. It was. I'm. I wish I could have done that. that it was actually just extraordinarily boring, and they have a terrible internet signal in that building. So I just sat there like staring at the wall most of the day. 
Um, but anyway, as we transition, I don't feel like I need to really rate this because it doesn't really match our rating scale. So I'm just going to enjoy I've the put whiskey a, on this episode. I created a second liquor scale exclusively for hard liquor. Okay. I can. I suppose I can rate it then, I guess. I'll give Bushmills a 6-2. 6-2? I think it's a good whiskey. It's a good, easy go-to. But I do appreciate Jameson more. But I am very partial to my Jameson. I was going to say, this Jameson is hitting the spot. I'm giving this sucker like an 8-1. I love Jameson. I really, I, really do. I have always enjoyed Jameson as well. I think when I was younger and drinking... Jameson does have like even though it's not it's just 40% alcohol it's like most you know most basic yeah. liquors that are out there but I feel like the like the ethanol like the actual like alcohol taste hit me harder when I was younger from Jamo <laughs> so I always felt like it was harsher than it is and as I have like drank more liquor straight over time I think I enjoy it a lot more now than I used to you know uh quick shout out by the way uh, especially since Uncle Kyle lives there Iowa Irish Fest is creme de la creme in terms of getting out there and they do irish whiskey testing usually they have all the well a lot of the irish beers they have great irish music and it is happening if not this weekend next weekend i'd have to look at the dates but i'm pretty sure it's this coming weekend uh so uncle kyle if you can get up there you definitely should it's an incredible time uh when i was still living there yeah, i went every this year. weekend and so can't recommend that enough so very fitting that we're hitting the irish whiskeys this week Yes, sir. All right. If I could, I'd be there right now, honestly. But because of COVID and other things. I'm Next just, year? I can't. We, Absolutely. We take a trip? I've been talking about it quite a bit on how I want to make it there, and I just it just hasn't worked out, but I would love to go back for Irish Fest. But anyway, before I go to my next topic, my next whiskey is the Kilbrin Irish Whiskey. Got the glare there. Sorry. Ooh, can I block that out? There we go. Nice. I haven't ever tried this one before. I forgot I had it, but I had the one uh, shooter in the cupboard there, so we're going to give this one a test. I am doing Conor McGregor's Proper 12 Irish Whiskey. Um, I've only taken shots of this, and I don't like it. So I'm interested to see how it turns out in a drink. Because well, he did punch some old man because they wouldn't take a drink of it. So I don't. If it was a shot, I don't necessarily blame him. Connor, come punch me. Let me get that lawsuit money, big dog. Uh, also, I, I don't know that it's worth it. I'll is, take a punch is it, of okay, Interim topic. How much money would it take for you to get punched by Conor McGregor in the face? With his, is it his left? I think he's lefty, right? Yeah, he's a lefty. Five k. Five k for a punch. Yeah, just one one solid pop. Like I'll as take hard 5K. as he can. Yeah, I'll take five k. Dude, it might cost you five k to reconstruct your jaw after he busts it open. That's all my insurance is for. Does your insurance cover it if you intentionally paid someone to punch you in the face? I don't fucking know. Find I don't out. Know. My answer would be significantly higher than five thousand dollars. If you like were, you'd have to give me at least fifty. I do a lot of shit for five k that I wouldn't like. That most people probably wouldn't. But like, dude, I value my ability to chew food a lot, and I don't think that I would want that to be impacted for anything less than fifty thousand dollars. I, I don't think one punch like. If you I don't can, know. if you I can, feel like brace, you're overestimating your jaw. Do a strong jaw. Um, but I, I think if you're prepared for it, like, I don't, he's not going to break your teeth. He's not going to break your jaw on you one punch. You don't know that. I mean, if he's got gloves on, he's not, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to break your jaw. Hmm. All right. Anyway, 
We'll throw a Twitter poll out there. <laughs> 5K, Connor, where you at? What does it cost to get Connor McGregor to punch you in the face? Uh, but sliding be, into my topic, which is actually fantastic that uh, David gave you that topic because it transitions very well into one of my topics, so I'll just go straight to that one. And that is, holy crap, the news broke. Amazon is coming out with the Lord of the Rings original series that is going to take place before... It's in the second age, I believe, so it's going to take place before yep. the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings series. What are your opinions? It's controversial on the internet. People are not happy about it. Uh, so I actually wasn't the first one to see this. Carly sent me an article and was like, holy crap, take a look at this. And I immediately went to the comments. Everything was negative. People were popping off on the Twitter sphere, talking about how they were going to just absolutely tear apart Tolkien's vision and it was going to be a massive disappointment. Everybody's upset. As a Lord of the Rings fan, I'm curious what the fans think and what you think. Uh, I have a quote from Lord of the Rings tattooed on my body. I am a very passionate fan about the series. It's one of the few series of books that I could comfortably go back and reread. If it was coming from Hulu or coming from Netflix, I would be more worried. Given that it's coming from Amazon. Why? Because Netflix and Hulu's models, in Hulu to a lesser extent, but Netflix's model has very much turned into churn out content, don't care about quality. Here's more content, don't care about quality. Here's more content, we don't care about quality. And I, I, I disagree with you a little bit because I think that you're probably correct in their mentality, but I think that they have produced a lot of quality on accident. I like don't, there are a yeah, lot of, no, I because, agree. Because they throw a ton of money. Yeah. They're like, I don't really care what happens. Money. Yeah. And they throw a shitload of money at their originals and you get, which is why they've had kind of problems with their business model, honestly, and why their prices keep going up is because they keep fucking dishing tons and tons of money into these originals. But there have been some pretty fantastic Netflix originals that have come out. And so I don't know that I share your same concern with Netflix as opposed to something else. And I, I, I don't know that I've seen enough Amazon originals to truly have an opinion from this stance, but I know that I have seen good Netflix originals and at least a good Hulu original. Yeah, I mean, there's there's good from all of them. They've all produced very good series, very good movies. I think Amazon truly has kind of what you talked about earlier. Amazon's got the money to do whatever they want with it. That's Amazon's got more. Whatever yeah, Netflix not, has, Amazon you, has more. How, how many people are you going to walk up to on, like, your – in the street? Like, if you went out and did a street poll or if we did a Twitter poll, how many people are saying that Amazon Video is their primary source of streaming? I mean, probably very few, but that's why I think Amazon could do it better. I think they could do it better. Uh, they're I think not, they don't care that much. I think they're not trying to appeal to the masses as much as they're trying to put out a better product. I completely disagree. I think Amazon is like, let me get my fucking fingers in everything that I can. And if something hits, we'll stick with it. And if it doesn't, we'll just scrap it. They're like, oh, we got to compete with Netflix somehow. Let's just make our own streaming platform. Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to get a bunch of originals and stuff? Nah, fuck it. Just like buy some shit. Like give me some licenses, throw some stuff on a platform, make it work. And if people like it, they do. If they don't, they don't. The same thing with Amazon Music. People don't go to Amazon Music. They listen to Pandora or Spotify or iTunes. I'm sure there are probably some people that are Amazon Music streamers, but I think the majority is not that. And so, probably. And Uncle Kyle A said that it costs $100,000 to have a broken jaw. So 
fuck with me and find out about getting punched <laughs> in the face by McGregor. But also, uh, Amazon Video more than Netflix, which is a surprising one. I'm not. I'm actually kind of surprised to hear that. Um, and I think the interesting thing about that is I think that um, that might be in part, and he can correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but if you pay for an Amazon Prime subscription and you are trying to budget or whatever, then it makes sense to me that Amazon would be your your uh, streaming platform because you don't want to pay for the streaming of everything. For me, I pay for Amazon Prime because I want to have shit shipped to me. Yeah, I don't give a shit is. about anything else that they provide other than, and I just tweeted about it, not sponsored again, just really wanted to help people find some access to some free shit. And the thing is, is Amazon Prime loot provides people with free games and free in-game content all the time. So True. check it out. Absolutely fantastic benefit for the Use free. your uh, Amazon Prime sub on your favorite Twitch streamers, by the way. Not a, I'm not a, not a Twitch streamer affiliated or anything like that, but support your favorite streamers that are out there, especially those smaller ones that are grinding and are affiliates and not partners that, you know, have been really putting in the work. I've been trying to put in a little bit more effort on social media to push out things that I think are valuable nuggets. And one of them is definitely Amazon Prime. And yeah. like all the stuff that people don't know that you can have as additional benefits from, from Prime. But I can transition into my opinion, which is I think that I think it could go one of two ways, but because I had no idea this was coming and it kind of caught me off guard, I'm actually really excited. Mostly because I think that it's not, I think I understand people's concern with like abusing the token vision and everything like that. And token not being directly involved in this is going to make that you have a potential to fuck up what people are perceiving as the vision for a Lord of the Rings type universe. Mm -hmm. That being said though, we don't get that much Lord of the Rings content. It's not like, you know, some of the other things that are constantly being readapted. It's and not like Star Wars. And... It's not like, you know, Star Trek took on a bunch of different iterations. Sure. Like I think it's a yeah. it's a less touch medium. I agree with that. And so I think that for us to get some additional content from that universe is, is awesome. Like, I, I would never complain about somebody going out there and trying to put in the effort to create some more content in a universe that I truly appreciate. And I think that at the end of the day, like if I'm disappointed, then I just I just don't watch it, right? Like if I go into like episode one and two, and I don't like it, and I see a bunch of bad reviews that are like, yeah, I didn't really like it either, then I probably stop, you know? Like I just don't watch it, and it's who cares? I'm not, it's not my fucking money producing the show. Like if it fails, it fails, and I move on. I don't think that it's gonna destroy the universe that I appreciate just because somebody may or may not fail at producing that specific series. And so for me, I'm like fuck yeah give me some content like i'd be so stoked to see something like that happen and i don't know maybe i'm just not that hardcore but i i think it's a great idea and i'm actually really excited for it yeah um that's kind of where i am too like you are like carly was to you like kind of bringing this to me and it's it's a surprise and it's something that i'm now looking forward to like not that I don't love going back and reading the Lord of the Rings books and even watching the Lord of the Rings movies, admittedly, but it's like I always kind of crave new content as much as I love old content. I love new content, too, and it'll be exciting to see what they do with it. That being said, I'll be their biggest critic if it's ass, but I'll be their biggest supporter if it's great. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, why not just take the shot? And especially if they bring some people in that actually care about the universe and they try to make this something good, then fantastic for everybody else. And if they don't, then who fucking cares? We, we tell them they, t they suck, and then we move on. And you never watch it again. Exactly. I did also see, though, in conjunction with this news, that 
they were talking about releasing longer cuts of the Lord of the Rings movies other than the extended Why? Extended I don't editions. How much film you got? I'm trying to take up my entire day with three Lord of the Rings movies. I love it. I would love I'll watch it. it. I'll watch every fucking second of Give it. Give it to please. me. I would absolutely watch it, dude. I would fucking sit for an entire weekend and watch every single one of those. We I should would be pissed, but I would do it. We should do that sometime. Like we should watch all of the movies. Just put it on the live stream. Come watch the Lord of the Rings with us. Well, every, like we're just like fucking so snoozing. I think you. I think you do have to be partnered for it. But like I know you can do watch parties on Twitch now. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sure you have to have some sort of a partnership or licensing but, or whatever. But yeah. Even then, if it's just you, Carly, me, and Jess, we just throw that hoe on Zoom Zoom uh, party or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm just saying. Dude, if they did it, I'm 100% watching it. I would be super stoked for that, too. I will sit at this Worst case, I will sit at this computer and watch it with you. There's never going to be a time when somebody is going to create content for a universe that I am invested in where I'm going to go, fuck that, don't do it. Yeah. Bring it all to me. I would love to see more, like... I would love to see more Star Wars. I'd love to see more Harry Potter. I'd love to see any of these like fantasy universes that I'm, I am or was at one point in time attached to. And I, I don't know, dude. You just, I don't think you can. You can definitely disappoint me in the content that you produce, but you're not gonna like initially make me like upset that you're gonna try to produce content. Tipsy trade just went through. That was quick. I don't in know our fantasy league, I just oh, sent. This? Yeah, in our uh, in the redraft league, uh, oh, okay. I just I just traded. No, uh, I traded Logan. Oh, of course just, you did. I traded him Marvin Jones. I got Rashad Bateman. It's probably a fair trade. That's probably one of the more fair trades I've pulled on Logan over the past uh, four years of fantasy. But just random injection that just Straight popped up on my up, phone. Marvin Jones for Rashad Bateman. You both I am... I don't know how I feel about that trade. You get both teams, wide receiver one. You have low volume in Baltimore versus high you upside. You think going to be the one? Easily. He is hmm. easily the most talented wide receiver that has graced a Baltimore Ravens uniform in the past five years. I don't disagree, but he's also a rookie. I don't care. Like, I just think maybe it'll take till his sophomore year to truly be the one, but I don't know. Who, who on that roster is going to take routes from him? Sammy Watkins and his legs that barely work anymore? Hey, bro, if he can stay healthy, maybe. Anyways... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm always going to crave more material from the universes that I love. And I'd rather them try and fuck it up than to just like sit here with the same repeated material over and over and over again. Yeah. And as we get more information on the series, I'll probably talk about it more on the podcast. Cause really all they did was kind of drop an image and they were like, Hey, this is coming. Yeah. And they didn't really give very many details and I'll, I'll look into it a little bit more. And as more news comes out about this, I'll, I'll formulate a more, you know educated opinion on what this might look like as it comes out to release but i'm fucking excited man apparently the tolkien estate does have some creative restrictions that they can impose on the series so i don't think it's just reading that i don't think it's going to stray as far from the original concepts as people are afraid that it's going to yeah that could be true we'll see i don't know i just i think there was a lot of hate being immediately thrown at this and i just i'm not in agreement with any of that i think it's Give them a chance. If they fail, they fail, and then we just talk shit for the next ten years. But and then if we they just go back. Well, then it goes into history. You know? We just we just go back to watching the same fucking movies that we've been watching for years. Yeah, dude. I turn on the Lord of the Rings the series. Books. Episode one is just absolute dog shit. I just go fucking turn on, you know, 
Return of the King or something and yeah. <laughs> just get over it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. That's uh, that's exciting. That's I am, that's I am excited for it. Yeah, that's that's what I love about this podcast is you know with us not bringing topics to each other like the last like three weeks I found out some new shit that I didn't heard nothing about. Um, <laughs> I think honestly too I think they're uh, speaking of different random universes I think the Harry Potter uh, franchise is going to build another game uh, mm. and it's going to be more of an RPG where you actually create your character and they've tried to do this in the past and it's been pretty shit. Yeah, but I remember I saw the old a Harry Potter random. Games. Uh, preview of what this might look like and it looked like it might be good uh, I think it's I think it's very very underutilized in the video game world I think there is so much potential for content in video games to make an RPG for Harry Potter just like the wizarding world in general and so I can't believe that's an untapped like people haven't produced it but either way random, random tangent there too yeah man that's a good topic man that's a uh... It's one to definitely think about. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who definitely get very invested in universes, probably more so even you and I are two people who have tattoos referencing certain universes that have been created by others. And, you know, there's people who are a million times more involved than we are. And I think it just goes to show the level of fandom that can be created there. Before you transition into your next topic, I do want to highlight the thing that I said I was going to bring back up later, and that's the Tarkov comment that you made. And you said, uh, you were talking about how you introduced me to the game and like going in and doing random raids and just kind of saying, fuck it. And the funny thing is, and I was talking to my brother about this the other day, and this is why I bring this up. So shout out to my brother. But we were talking about, how, he's like, hey, have you ever played this? Have you ever played Tarkov? And I said, yeah. Or maybe I asked him, I can't remember. And both of us were like, yeah, we fucking hate it. And I was like, you know... I think the part of the reason why I don't like that game is that I would go in with my friends who already knew 100% of what they were doing, and the yeah. only thing that they gave me in terms of advice on how this game plays or what I should be doing is, oh, just follow us, yep. pick up the loot, and you'll figure it out. Like That is that is all of the advice I got on how that game works. Yep. Here, and pick then this up. Take this it's, gun. It's hilarious because he goes, dude, that is my exact experience with this game. I had friends that tried to get me into it. They're like, just follow me, and you'll figure it out. And both of us are like, that is... We both hated it, and we both hate that game still. And so it's just it's funny that that you made the argument earlier about you know uh, how maybe it would be a good story and all this other shit because both of us were just so checked out of that game based on the way that we were introduced into it. And I am throwing spears at you for the way that you introduced me to that game. I fully admit that we did not do it the right way. I will be the absolute first person to tell you that. Like you you joined us end of a wipe where yeah. we are just full kitted like bum rushing everything with no disregard for it whatsoever and david but, also threw in the comments here too that hogwarts legacy is the name of that game uh saying that it looks good and i agree and like i said the few things that i've seen about it so far have been exciting to me and this one is harder for me because I, I it is contradictory to the point that i just made it's harder for me to get excited for content in the video game world for the harry potter specific franchise because they have been so disappointing i have had I don't think I've had a single Harry Potter game to include the Lego series where I was like, this is fantastic. It's always like, okay, I'm going to play it. And then that's about it. Well, you know, it is what it is. And I, I do vaguely remember playing the Harry Potter games that did come out in the past and they... I enjoyed them at the time, but I was much younger. I can't remember who the developers were, but I just know they weren't good. And I remember when, uh, what was the 
not VR, obviously, but what was the Xbox like motion detection software that came out? What was that? Like that called? first one, it was like the box yeah. that like followed you. Somebody chime in, in the comments. I can Google it too, but whatever that was, there was a Harry Potter game that came out along with that. And my buddy had it, and he was like, "Yeah, we got to play this fucking Harry Potter game. It's gonna be fun." And then we went and played it, and it was just so bad. In the motion detection at the time, Xbox Connect. Thank you. Uh, and at yes. the time, it was the motion detection with that software and like the initial release was so bad that you'd sit and like try to like cast spells as a wizard and like it never detected the motion right so you're just sitting there fucking waving your hand at your TV it was so bad and so I think and and truly I think if you were gonna VR is still something that I haven't dove into I want to I have not yeah but I think I, there could be some pretty incredible adaptations there too but there's a place near us that does like it's in the mall that's local to us and does like you can rent the VR stuff for like X amount of time and I feel like that's probably going to be my foray into it just because I don't know a single person with VR, period. Um, so I'm, maybe I'll do that sometime and report back about my experience with that. But Well, the, the thing for me is that I think the most popular by far right now is Oculus. Yeah. And it's owned by Facebook. And they openly admit to how much data they collect from you while you're playing VR games. And I don't like that. And I'm not even that private of a person. I just think I don't like Facebook. Mm. And so the fact that Facebook owns that makes me really not want it. And so I've looked into some of the other options that are out there, and I'm just, I can't take the plunge because they're very expensive. But maybe I will. I don't know. I've always wanted to play Beat Saber. Yeah, that's Beat like Saber is like the one that's kind of caught my attention the most. Have you ever seen also the videos? I, I honestly don't know what game they play, but it's it's called ReKid. Like, there's, like, a character, like, this, it's a kid who's playing with these adults, and he's just, like, doing, like, the dumbest shit in the games, and it's fucking hilarious. Admittedly, it's, like, dumb, it's, like, dumb humor, but it's hilarious. I'll send you some of the videos after the podcast is over, but, like, whatever game they're playing, I want to watch, like, I want to play it just because I want the same experience that they're having. Yeah, for sure. But I also want to be able to be the guy who's, like, running around my living room and I run into a wall. Because I wasn't, I was fucking like so into it. On as long as I don't destroy show. my TV, like everybody's like worst nightmare. Yeah, I don't really care. And even then, I probably would just laugh that off eventually. I'd be mad at first, but I'd figure it out. Yeah, I've got old Our, TVs. I got to upgrade. We've been talking about it. Hey man, I'll never, I'll never not want a new TV. Let's let's just put that out there. There was a good period of time where the technology really wasn't changing that much, where I didn't care. I'll still but never. Now, like, you can get some one. pretty fucking incredible technology for relatively cheaply priced. Yeah, you can get like 4K TVs for like a, like um. You can get like TV, a 75 inch 4K TV for pretty reasonable these days. The TV that's in my room, like literally over my left shoulder here, it's a 50 inch 4K smart TV. I think we got it on clearance for like 309. Yeah, technology's getting cheaper. It's man. it's definitely not like you know, the nicest of the nice TV. Old technology's getting cheaper. Yeah. Like, it's still kind of new to me. Like, the 4K realm is like, oh, 4K. But it's still, like, it's been around long enough that it's getting cheaper. Yeah. All right. Um, so to kind of parlay into my second topic, second topic, which really doesn't have a whole lot to do with anything that we've talked about so far. Um, but, Kyle, I want to kind of get your opinion on the Olympics. What do you think about it? Because I, when I was younger, 
I absolutely loved watching the Olympics. I, I got so invested in it. Like, didn't matter what sport it was, I was going to find a way to watch it just to root on, like, whoever, whether that was, like, an athlete that I knew that was representing a different country, whether that was just rooting for the U.S. athlete. Like, what's your opinion on the, the Olympics in the modern age that we currently live in? I almost brought something to do with the olympics up as a topic and i feel like maybe i should just tag it into your topic before i go to my next topic as well that's fine and do we it can talk about that towards the end of this one but my opinion in general is that i don't care yeah and i agree with you when i when i grew up i i think my mom used to watch it and specifically i think we we paid more attention to the winter olympics yeah and i agree i we were the same way i think we definitely watched the winter more than summer i liked watching like the snowboarding yeah um that's probably honestly about it but there was never really any like summer olympic sports that really got me going i will say the one thing that i do appreciate now about the summer olympics is that they're adding in some of the other sports that i think are pretty cool like uh skateboarding for example yeah they added rock climbing this year which is kind of cool and there was one other one that i'm not i can't remember what it was but i think there was three new events added this year could be more i don't know but i'm only remembering three for some reason but either way i think it's cool that they're making it more accessible to some things that I have thought were like solid sporting events. Go ahead. So the five that were added for this Olympics were baseball slash softball, karate, skateboarding, rock climbing, and surfing. Oh, nice. And that's pretty cool, right? Like, so you have some of those like kind of niche sports, like specifically skateboarding, surfing, and rock climbing, I guess. All of these are kind of like lower visibility sports or... Mm -hmm. You know, the popularity is probably not as high as some of these other things, but right. they're pretty awesome things, and people can go out there and display their talent. Now, I heard somebody say, like, oh, the Olympics are just the X Games now. I don't agree with that at all. I think that there's a – yeah, I, just, I, I truly don't agree with that. There's I, a couple different reasons, but it's, it's kind of a different topic, I guess. I but. also don't agree with that because there's – you can add every game that's in the X Games, and it's still nowhere near the level of, like, what's involved in the Olympics. Like – yeah. You can add stuff to the Olympics and make it better and more modern without making it the X Games. Like, there's still every Olympic sport that's been around for years upon years upon years is still there. It's nothing, it's not like, I don't know. And also, I've never watched the, uh, the X Games. I have. I have never watched the X Games. My, to be I fair, um, I skateboarded a lot when I was a kid, so I think that's Same. part of the reason why I watched the X Games. But too, also, um, like Call of Duty was in it for a few years, and I was a huge Call of Duty esports fan. So I, I watched I watched that a lot. Um, but yeah, and also the X Games is yearly, right? So I think it's just easier to watch. Sure. Then. But anyway, like what I do now, which is funny that I think this is a fu- this is a good topic, but I. I now what i do with the olympics is i just go to google and i go olympic medal count is america number one nope we suck and then i just move on with my day yeah i just I'll check ESPN. every couple of days and i'll open it up and look and it's literally like oh china has more golds than us ah we suck and i just move on and that's that's kind of the end of it for me like I most don't, I, overall medals though by nine hey man if you ain't first you're last ricky bobby let's go we're first in medals period we're not first in gold which is first place we're Shut not up. first in first place and so I, I have looked at that a few times over the course of this Olympics, but I haven't watched a single event. I have seen some highlight reels for some things on like Instagram or something that have popped up and I'm like, Oh, Hey, that's pretty neat. But I, I just don't care. That's my opinion. Yeah. I'm kind of at the same boat. Like maybe it's just the generation that we live in now where a lot of us focus on streaming a lot more. Like I don't have cable. 
And it, this is shown on cable, or if you have like the Peacock Plus or whatever it's called. I actually do now. I just got that. Now you can watch the Olympics. Oh, this is a great opportunity because I've mentioned this on another episode, and I will mention this again now. I have the Amex Platinum card has rotating benefits that they add in all the time. So if you are an Amex Platinum card member right now, you can get Peacock Plus for free as a benefit of the Amex Platinum card, which is why I got it. So shout out to you. Uh, everybody out there that has the card, if you don't have the card, hit me up. I'll send you a code to come on in and give me some more points, but also uh, just get the card. It's great. Don't use debit cards. Anyway, sorry. Can I confirm? Don't use debit cards. But yeah, I just think like a lot of the a lot of it's lost its luster. I don't know if that's like a... I don't want to say that there's like a, a decreased sense of nationalism in the country, though I do think there is. But, like, the sports that I care about in the Olympics are, like, the same sports that I watch every day. Like, I don't fucking care about air rifle. I don't care. I, I'll fully admit it. I don't care who wins in rock climbing. I don't rock climb. Like, it's just maybe as I've grown and, like, I've been involved in more things, like, I only care about things that I'm involved in or things that really, like, interest me. And just a lot of the Olympic sports, like, Swimming is phenomenal. Like, I fully admit that they are extremely talented people. I could never even think about doing what they do. I'm not a swimmer. I don't love the water. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch swimmers swim. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch even, like, basketball. Like, I'm not a basketball fan in general. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Olympic basketball. I'm not going to go out yeah. of my way to – I'll watch BMX because I think it's cool gymnastics is one thing i will watch because it is so crazy to see but like a lot of it i just feel like is just meh yeah i think and i'm not trying to downplay the talent of any of these individual oh yeah they're all i think the athletes are incredible i think it's awesome i think it's an opportunity to show your pride for your country too and i think there's a lot of cool things that are involved in the olympics i just don't care yeah i still i just don't care about most of these most sports in general, like truly the only sport that I actively pay attention to is football and football is not in the Olympics. So I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I do agree with the, uh, it's honestly probably been tweeted as more of a joke than anything, but I do think that you should include like Olympic events should include like one random person that just like gets <laughs> just picked to show to do- how yeah. crazy they are. Yeah. Like throw me in a fucking 400 meter butterfly swim or whatever and you're going to see me drown in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> like, like just shit, like something like that to really show. That is the one thing I do think the Olympics does well is they showcase their elite athlete, like the elite athletic specimens that are around the entire world that we don't get yeah. exposed to. And that's super cool to see. But like, I barely even care about the medal count at this more at this point, like to be completely fair. Like I do, yeah. I just don't care. Yeah. I, I, I truly don't either. I just kind of look for the fucks of it, but well, and that's why I wanted to bring it up is because, like, I see on on social media, like, people getting so invested in it. And I just, like, have it. Even with baseball back in the Olympics, I don't care. It's fucking. I think you are right, though. I think it is the product of an older generation. And I think not only just from the cable standpoint, but I just think, like, people used to really get into this. And I just think that it has died off a little bit with our our generation and definitely the younger generations. And I could be wrong on that. Maybe somebody could correct me, but I, I feel like it is dying in popularity. We should look up some statistics on that and just see like popularity of the Olympics over the years. 
and just see if the like the the watching of the Olympics is going down. And it might be different in other countries too. I, I don't know. Six hours ago on CNN, NBC's Summer Olympics ratings are in a free fall. Yeah, so not shocked. It's down 45% from 2016. Not shocked at all. It is down really nearly not. half the viewers that it used to have. And I do, and I think that's a combination of people are cutting the cable more and more and more and getting rid of, you know, TV networks and having a cable viewership. But I just think, like, too, like, people just don't care. Like, I think part of the social media generation has allowed people to develop fanhoods in more of an extreme. And people who are football fans, like, they watch football. They watch baseball fans, watch baseball. Basketball fans, watch basketball. They don't give a shit about anything else. Yeah, I just... I don't think there's ever going to be anything that makes me really want to go and sit down for like an entire afternoon and watch the Olympics. If it's on in the background yeah, and like a race is about to start, I might go, Oh, that's pretty neat. But you know, I'm never going to like intentionally go out of my way to go watch the Olympics. I just, I don't care. I like seeing clips on Twitter where it's like a, yeah, like especially like sprints or gymnastics or anything like that, where yeah. it's very much like it's done. Cool. I'm not going to watch a fucking entire basketball game. I'm just, I just not. moved around in my webcam is doing what yours usually does. I, that, I was going to say, that happens to me every single week. There you go. Oh, that should bring it. it back. Not too bad. Uh, but to tag on to the end of this, I saw this prompt, I think, on Twitter, and it made me think of it. But what if you were going to be an Olympic athlete in any of the possible sports, winter or summer, what do you think you could start now and make it to the Olympics in? Or what would you want to? What do you think you could be successful in as a sport and actually get good at it enough to go to the Olympics? I'm going to name three. Oh. The, the start training now part is what's throwing me off. I feel like if I were to pick three Olympic sports that I think I could do and do somewhat well, regardless of training time, baseball is... is a, like a easy thing for me like olympic baseball is minor league baseball basically and like realistically if i would have put much more time and effort and understanding what i know now into my baseball career i think i could have at least made it to the minor leagues like i feel like i could do that somewhat competently even if it's for like you know a country like obviously you have to have some heritage but like I have Irish heritage. Like, I feel like I could probably show up at an Irish baseball practice right now and be the <laughs> second or third hardest thrower and probably, you know, hit a couple dingers here and there. Um, I feel like if I dedicated more time to it when I was younger, I feel like golf is something I could be good at just because I do have I very good... I always forget that's an Olympic sport. Yeah, same. Um, I do feel like I have very good hand-eye coordination, and I'm, I've am i always kind of naturally been good at golf, even though I've never put a ton of time into it. Before you get to your third, I want to say my one. I only have one because it might be your third. <laughs> it probably isn't. Curling. Yeah, I think if I we see that. formed a team of like dad bod boys in a beer league, <laughs> you and just me and Dane now, just fucking yeah, dude. And I think we could fucking get good at that pretty quick. And go I could see it. I could probably see not it. beat those guys. Like I don't want to downplay that either because I think there probably is an incredible amount of skill that goes into what they do. I don't know because I've never tried. 
but I do think that I would have fun with it, and I think it is probably one of the few that I could actually pick up and try to be get, get good at in a short period of time. So curling is 100%. And honestly, I think it's probably the stupidest thing to watch, but I think it would probably be a lot of fun, especially in like a beer league format where you'd go out and <laughs> play some fucking curling. Yeah. Yeah, I could, see, I could definitely see that. Um, the last one that I was going to name, which is not realistic given my current circumstances, but if I had access to the intelligence slash supplementation of a lot of people in that sport i feel like i could be a pretty decent weightlifter no way dude my body would fall apart trying to do what they do well you'd also don't have a lot of steroids flowing through your veins like a lot of them do aren't they tested for that not i will go out on a limb and say not a single person in the olympics in general is not on some form of peds besides maybe golfers (laughs) <laughs> curlers they probably are too they're, they're taking adderall so they can calculate the angles that they got to spin the fucking shooting's like, a good one from uncle kyle in the comments too i think i could see and, that yeah i don't know about handball i don't know if i agree that i could get good at that but i think that's a fair i'm pulling i pulled up a list of olympic sports here and so i'm trying that, to see yeah. i went through all of them and the only one that i think i could like try now and figure it out is curling I'm if not it, that athletic. If I was strictly talking like I'm starting practice today, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say ping pong, table tennis. I feel oh, like dude, I'm no pretty good way. at that. I'm pretty good at that. No I, I, way. Yeah, way. So by the next Olympics, you could beat the people that were like playing this year. You think it could be competitive? Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. No way. All you need is hand-eye coordination and like a. Do you see how good those motherfuckers are? Yeah. That's the most highlights that I've seen in the entire Olympics this year have been fucking ping pong players, dude. All right, doing fine. some wild ass shit. Fuck you, I'll pick something else. I don't believe you at all. You don't have to pick three, dude. I have one. I know, but still. But I know it's not ping pong. Maybe, uh. I feel like people train from the age of like six to be fucking good at ping pong. Well, okay, so what is this? What are, like, maybe not you in general, but what, real quick, are, like, one or two sport, Olympic sports that you feel like people in like there's somebody out there who could just pick it up today and like realistically compete. Like I feel like boxing. Like I feel like boxing is a sport where like some guy could say today he's like fuck it, I'm gonna be a boxer and then in four years be like an Olympic contender. Yeah, probably bobsledding, maybe. Maybe luge. Yeah. Luge. Um, shooting I feel like is probably there. I feel like a lot of these That's are probably it, like though. an inherent natural talent that you have like hidden. Yeah. But I think in that same regard, like fencing maybe. I can see that, yeah. But yeah, most of these I don't know. David said no chance. I don't know what he said it to, but I think he was talking about ping pong. Okay. Well, uh challenge accepted. Catch me in Tyler's office. He's got a ping pong net in his drawer. Dude, I bet road cycling too. No, fuck no. I think people train for their whole lives for that. But I, I think a individual could train nonstop for the next, like, four years and get really good at that. I don't think so. My argument for this is there's plenty of people who have trained. There's a documentary on it on Netflix about a guy who, like, has cycled for a lot of his adult life and then started taking steroids. And even after he started taking steroids, he wasn't competitive in it. 
Like, I feel like there's like, again, most people involved in Olympic sports in general are on some form of performance enhancing drugs and they just know how to beat the testing of it. What about triathlons? I could maybe just because. Because I feel like most people are like pretty dang good at all three, but they're not like Olympic swimmers. Or Olympic yeah. road cyclers or Olympic runners. They're I f- like I feel like if you could, good at all three. If you could take somebody and like somebody that's a good runner and a good biker and you're like, you're gonna keep all of those talents even if you never train them, but you just train swimming for a year, I could see it. Yeah. I could see I it. Could. It's valid it's viable. But either way, I think the only one I would have a chance at at all is curling. It's the only one. That's fair. I'll All say right. I'll say golf too. I'll say golf is probably my one, just because I, I do. I can't imagine how incredibly difficult it would be to get to the level. And I know not like it's not like Tiger Woods going out and golfing in the Olympics. Typically, it's like. No, oh, I mean it's it's no it's, I mean it's the top golfers in the world were pretty much there this year. Like, is that always the case though? I feel like that's never been the case. Maybe um, I'm completely wrong. I'd have to I'd have golf, to go so. back and look. Um, but like Justin Thomas was there. He's probably the top U S golfer right now. John Rahm is the top Spanish golfer. Rory McIlroy, the top, uh, golfer from the United Kingdom. Like I would Maybe say I'm completely a, wrong. I don't know. I would say a lot of the top golfers are there, but I feel like golf is a sport that does have kind of some of that, like innate hidden ability in it. Cause like, I yeah. know people, I literally, uh, there's a, if you ever see me wear the good hat on this podcast, it's a it's a brand called Good Good Golf, and it was started basically by a, a golfer named GM Golf. That's his YouTube channel. On his very first round of golf that he ever played, he got a hole in one. Like there are some people with just that innate talent at a sport where even if it's pure luck like his was, like something just clicks. And I feel like golf is a sport that could, in theory, be one of those few. I'm a terrible golfer. I don't have that natural talent. I do I like, like to that. drink, though, so I go out and play for the beers. But that's probably all we can say about the Olympics, other than neither yeah. of us really care that much. And we that's, that's the basic of this. The Olympics needs to either modernize the way that their content is viewed or modernize their content in general. Otherwise, I think you're going to continue to see a downturn in viewership amongst at least the United States, if not the world. Yeah, I don't. I think it's probably going to slip away. Like, I feel like not like it's going to go away, but I feel like popularity is just going to continue to nosedive. I don't think it's going to be anything incredibly surprising to see their ratings continue to go down. Yeah. All right, man. That is a good topic as well. It's very relevant to what's going on right now. So glad you brought it up because I was also thinking about it and I was going to skip for my second topic instead, which correlates to something else that you brought up. Kind of. I'm reaching a little here. But mine is, holy crap, let's talk about the training camp injuries that are happening right now in the NFL and how they're going to impact the upcoming season. Most of them, probably not, because a lot of these players are probably going to be healthy still by the time we get to the regular season. But there are some that are definitely worth talking about. Uh, Biggest one right off the bat is Carson Wentz foot surgery. Yep. He was going to try to tiptoe around it and go, uh, maybe I can just rehab this, and then literally two days later, or maybe the a Colts, day and a half later. The Colts literally said, no, get the yeah. surgery. Yeah, we so want five, the most predictable outcome. Five to 12 weeks. What a yeah. fucking gap. So I get no idea what's going to happen. I get it. Just beca- I get the gap because feet are finicky, 
and people are finicky when it comes to how much they can bear because so what i kind of read up on what the surgery will be it's a it was speculation but it's very much like entirely dependent on pain tolerance because they're essentially removing the bone that is causing the issue if i understood the article that i read right so it's basically going to be like does your foot work yes how much pain can you tolerate and still throw the ball that's going to yeah. determine how quickly you can come back sure. so if he's got a pain tolerance it'll be on the shorter side of the things my guess is too they will take a little bit longer assuming that jacob eason or sam ellinger are competent enough to keep them in one or two games because you have to remember with Wentz especially if he doesn't play 75 percent of the snaps this year the the pick is only a second round pick as opposed to a first round pick see that's probably the biggest impact is i'd say there's a pretty solid guarantee now that the eagles have a second round pick now instead of a first which is but you have to think about it if if the Eagle, or if the Colts were just benching Wentz later in games to like lower the snap count, the Eagles could probably file a grievance and get past it. When it comes to an injury, he's going to have to legitimately miss four to five weeks of games in general yep. to make it leg- like a legitimate argument that they didn't try and do it. Yeah, and I think... Which I is, think they have a legitimate ground to stand on now, though, especially oh, if, yeah. like what you were saying. Like, if you have a backup quarterback that can keep you involved in the first few games, let Wentz ride it out. Let him get fully yeah. recovered and come back healthy and also not give up your first-round pick. So yeah. I think the Colts have a lot of motivation now to sit him as long as possible oh, with 100%. the legitimate grounds to, to do it. And so sorry, fucking Eagles fans. Yeah. But also... The funny note on this one is that Nick Foles might end up coming in potentially to replace him if they don't have faith in the backups through the rest of training camp. It's been rumored. Nick Foles coming in for Carson Carson Wentz again. Hilarious. As a Bears fan, please take Carson Wentz or not Carson Wentz, Nick Foles off our hands. Like just give us the cap space, like the little bit that we get back. But I think honestly, the more I don't want to say the more impactful, but equally as impactful injury from that team is Quentin Nelson going down with almost the same injury we were talking yeah. about in my opinion the best offensive lineman in football going down with an injury also missing a potential five to 12 weeks and playing a position that honestly his foot impacts him more as an offensive lineman so much of your oh yeah your strength as an offensive lineman comes from your leg your leverage and your ability to use your legs to your advantage whereas a quarterback there are quarterbacks who can get by not planting on their foot and just throwing all arm like especially if you adapt the offense to that injury kind of being a thing i think the nelson injury is just as impactful if not more impactful than the wentz injury i think you also i don't think you can say that wentz is the most impactful injury with the fact that cam Akers is missing the entire yeah, I wasn't season. saying it was the most impactful. I said it was one of the biggest ones that came to mind right away with yeah. recency. But yeah, we've already kind of touched on the Cam Akers, so I wasn't going to deep dive that one. But yeah, Cam Akers is super significant. Uh, I think you're starting to look at a lot of these other ones too, and we can rattle some of them off and just talk about the impact. But before we move on from Wentz, like you also have the the impact to his, you know, his weapons. Like, does Pittman have a chance to be as successful as he might have been? No. And I agree. I don't think he well, does. Well, actually. So, I don't think I, I'm torn on that just because Carson Wentz, if you look back at his stats, has never really supported like an elite level wide receiver. 
His yeah. The money positions around him have kind of always been tight end and running back, whereas potentially you know Jacob Easton, a quarterback who potentially throws like a more traditional style offensive approach, maybe he supports Pittman or Pascal or Campbell a little bit better than Wentz would have. So maybe it helps the wide receivers in that aspect. But downgrades, you know, your tight end value uh, in your, you know, your Mo Alley Cox and Jack Doyle, your Kylan Granson, and your, um, you know, downgrades your running back value in Jonathan Taylor a little bit. Yeah, I think I do see a downgrade in Jonathan Taylor as well. But my, my bigger concern is like, is actually the wide receivers. Despite the point that you just made, I think it is going to be impactful to them to have a oh, I mean, untested, definitely. inexperienced quarterback step in as opposed to Carson Wentz. But we'll see. So yeah, we can tear into some of these other ones really quick, and I don't need to spend too much time on this stuff, but this is the last topic that I have, so we kind of touch on some of these other significant ones to note in the NFL right now. So Can't, Michael Thomas yep, that's is a huge, huge one. Uh, I've actually been trying to, in some leagues, reach out and try to get some trades for Michael Thomas now, Same. Just, especially in the leagues where I don't need him right away. Yep. And so I can have him sit on the bench until he gets healthy and then use him later in the season, hopefully to bring me into the playoffs. Uh, but that's big. He waited a long time to get that surgery and so it could be huge but the and then the bigger thing too like to add on to the that already is trick on smith who is, would presumably go in to fill that role because they don't have anybody else besides michael thomas is also injured so nothing serious hopefully but trick on smith is also out which could be a huge impact to that team yeah especially I think, now that they no longer have Drew Brees. i think marquez callaway becomes a clear one now until smith is healthy again um, they signed Chris Hogan. I don't think that really impacts much of anything. We're talking about like a 32 year old wide receiver who kind of relies on speed and shiftiness and last active action. We saw, he really didn't have that anymore. He hasn't really ever been effective outside of his few years with Brady where he was a usable weapon. Yeah. Um, I think this kind of solidifies in my opinion that Taysom is probably going to end up the starter on that team as well, just because, he can run the ball like Jameis Winston just can't like not th- not to say he can't but it's not one of his skills he's never sure. done it effectively at the NFL level and I think with Taysom running the offense like you can between Taysom between Murray and Kamara like you can run a triple option in that offense and you could just fucking go up and down the field like you have three very good running backs slash whatever you want to call Taysom Hill um Tight, call him a tight end, call him a receiver, running back, quarterback, whatever. Yeah. I just don't see a point to starting Jameis when you don't have the weapons to really like support his offense. Like unless you disagree with you, I think there is a higher chance now of Taysom Hill taking the job just because Jameis Winston, despite his failures in terms of if you want to perceive it that way, with the higher level of interceptions and uh, everything else that he struggled with as a a downfield passer like he's gonna try to stretch the field but if you don't have anybody that can do that with him there's yeah. no point in putting him out on the field so i agree with you and a lot of people want to call adam trotman uh a sleeper yeah for lack of a better term but like we're talking about a guy who just hasn't really shown much of anything at this point like he's he's very much an unknown he doesn't have the athletic profile in my opinion that a lot of teams would like to see out of a true like target um 
and you're you're just relying on a lot of receivers who are unknowns. Like there's just so much unknown about that offense. Like I think the safest way you can run that team is being a run first team, adapting more of like a I don't want to say like a Raven system or everything's you know, going Kamara, dude. Yeah, like you're you're gonna funnel everything to Kamara and Murray. Good for the Kamara owners. Yeah. Um, you're gonna you're gonna funnel everything to those to Kamara and Murray. You're gonna see more of an even split. You're gonna see Kamara out of the slot a lot more, in my opinion. Like, I just think you're you're gonna run that offense in a quick, high, you know, fast pace. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Offense. Throw it if you have to. We know Taysom isn't a good passer. Even if he shows some improvement, like there's no targets to pass to. Like, unless you're you're counting on a a crazy unlikely breakout from one of their backups, like. I don't know. I don't see it being a, a great offense, but I see it with the de- coupled with the defense that they always seem to build down there in New Orleans. Like I see it being good enough to still stay a competitive team until Michael Thomas is healthy. Yeah, and I think they have the quarterbacks to support that. I don't think they're going to be all stars like first ballot Hall of Famers, but I think they have some talent there still at quarterback. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. we can pick into some of the rest of these really quick. I think a lot of the rest of these are going to be potentially less impactful, but at least worth mentioning. Dak Prescott still struggling with. A shoulder now, not his ankle. Well, it was... So, I've seen it reported his shoulder and also as his lap, which they're connected, so I get it. Um, I do think that is... Either way, it's on the throwing side. I do think that's very impactful, simply from the aspect of... We haven't seen reps out of Dak recently. We don't know how well the ankle's holding up. We don't really, like... True. The reason I'm less concerned about this is because it sounds like the beat reporters are saying that they're not concerned yeah. and that they're hearing that he's not going to miss time. And uh, Prescott actually came out and said that if this happened during the regular season, he'd play through it. Yeah. So I'm not terribly concerned, but it's definitely worth taking a look at. It's it's definitely worth <clears throat> noting. I do agree that it's probably not the biggest concern in the world. And the same thing with Cooper. Uh, he's I think he kind I'm of is babying worried. his ankle back, but I think he's uh, he's back. He's, he's a back. he's like a. I mean, we saw it with fucking AJ Brown last year. Like the man never practiced on Fridays. Like yep. it's gonna be the same thing with Cooper all throughout the season. They're gonna baby him into games. He'll probably play and maybe the third. He'll he'll run some routes in the third preseason game and then he'll be fully active. He won't practice on Thursday or Fridays of the of a normal week and then he'll be yeah. out there and just be you know full bore. Um, I will say the one on the same division that I'm concerned about is. Saquon Barkley because he has he's still on the pup list and they're saying worried. that he is slow to recover from this ACL injury so I am a little concerned about that in the long term I think maybe he eases his way in doesn't mess around in the preseason and he's regular for the ready the regular season but it still concerns me a little bit if I had to guess he'll miss the first game he'll have a 50% snap count for the first three and then they'll determine where they're at from there. If they're 0-4, they'll say, you know what, let's take it easy this year. Yep. Let's get you back. If they're 3-1 and or 2-2, two and two, all right, here's 80% of your snaps again right back to you. Like, I'm not yeah, – I don't disagree with that. Saquon is one of the few players I probably am least worried about coming back from his injury just because he already is an athletic freak. And athletic freaks are the guys who are coming back from these injuries, and it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, on that same note, on the same team, Kenny Galladay, hamstring injury in practice, probably nothing to be super concerned with. He'll miss two or three weeks. He does have a history history. of injuries with the hamstring and with the hip, so something to watch out there for as well, but not terribly concerned. I do think on in the same division, though, like, dude, Devonta Smith, that one is sketchy. I'm not worried. Like, 
yes, he weighs nothing. Um, at the same time, I don't think it's that big of a deal. He'll miss two or three weeks, and he'll come back, and he'll be... Like, until that injury, he was making everybody on that defense look like a joke. Like, yeah. he's he's a guy that I don't... I wasn't high on coming out of college, and I'm still not that high on him overall as a fantasy... Like, from a fantasy perspective. Just because I think he has an inconsistent floor. But I do feel like he's a guy that is so talented that... As long as he can stay mostly healthy, he'll be fine. He, wrote, he yeah. I feel like he'll have a career... Let me clarify this. He's not going to be a Julio-level receiver, but he'll have a career like Julio, and then he's kind of always nicked up a little bit. Sure. But that it's never really impacting his performance too much. Yeah. I think scanning through, those are the big ones that I saw, the most concerning and notable ones. Everything else seems to be pretty minor, and then or players that are not going to be your starters anyway. So there's nothing I, that I'm terribly concerned about. It. There are some concerns that I do have. Um, Cortland Sutton and Joe Burrow both coming back from yes. ACL tears. Missed those. And sure, yeah. Burrow was reported to be very, very bad today, and that he that, can. That's been consistently throughout the pre or the uh, yeah the pre not preseason sorry through training camp. Yeah, his bad reports are coming out about Burrow and the whole offense. Yeah. Um, again, the shitty Bengals defensive pass rush is pressuring Burrow in camp when he they're specifically designed not to pressure him like the offensive line is bad he according to the reports is very clearly excuse me favoring that leg he doesn't want to push off the way that he has in the past even though there's also reports coming out that in like just regular drills he's throwing harder than he's ever had before like the mental side of his knee injury i think is going to be a big thing that people need to watch out for at least coming into this season Cortland Sutton's supposedly been a lot of the same thing. Like, he's he's gentle on any cuts that have to do with the injury that he currently is kind of nursing. Yeah, from um, what I've seen, his route running has been less than spectacular in yeah. the training camp, and people are kind of seeing him hesitate, which is what you're getting to. But And and maybe it's just me. I, was, I liked Cortland Sutton. I've never – there are people who, even to this very second, will tell you to take Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy – and I still think those people are clinically insane. Like I don't know about insane, but I do agree with you that Jerry Judy is the better option. Especially yeah, in the long term in a dynasty league, Jerry Judy for sure. Yeah, I just don't see, like, I don't know. I th- I just think there there's better options there. Um, let's see, we touched on Galladay. Um, there's a couple guys that are, you know, day-to-day in practice that I think are of a concern. Um, you know, Quentin Williams, I don't know if he's practiced yet. Um, for the Jets, Elijah Vera Tucker, their their first round pick, um, he uh, suffered a pec strain today, so I, I do think that's of concern. Um, let's see who else here is. I'm scrolling through. Um, there was the uh, another just kind of training camp tidbit to talk about is the guy who was waived from the Panthers. Did you see that at all? Yes, I did. That's pretty. Yeah. Uh, and then, not was it? So the Panthers one was the hit, right? Yeah, the, there was a – it was – I don't know if it was 7-on-7 seven seven or 11-on-11, 11 11, um, but one of their undrafted free agent uh, defensive backs took, had a dirty hit on one of their wide receivers, um, and he had to go to the hospital. Um, and they basically waved him, like, 20 minutes after the hit. Like, it was very quick, like, get out of here. 
the other one was, and I'm blanking on who it was now and who, whose team even, and I'm sure you're going to tell me right away, but the guy that got um, indicted for domestic violence, first-round pick from last year. Yeah, Jeff Gladney from the Vikings. Yes, and so he's gone as well. They released yep. him, and which is another big That's impact. two first-round picks from that draft yeah. who are now gone from the league. Um, it's, yeah, um, it's not good. Let's put it that way. Um yeah, I mean, there's definitely injuries. Like, there's people coming back from injuries that we have to, like, really see kind of how they come back. Um, Tariq Cohen, like, for the Bears, he was a big part of their offense when he was healthy. He's weeks away from even practicing, according to Matt Nagy, so that's something to definitely keep in mind. Was it Anto- uh, Antonio Gibson that was still nursing, like, a foot injury on the way back? He's fine, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. At a training camp, I've heard that he has not struggled with that at all, and he's fine. Yeah, he, he's come out and said that that's not an issue to him whatsoever. Um, basically, he, he he even said he would only really feel it when he was doing cuts, um, and that now that's not a problem. So Gibson to the moon. Gibson's the top five dynasty fantasy football asset. Fight me on that. I will literally fight you back. Um, yeah, I mean, the only other issues that are really impacting the league right now, like there haven't been a ton of crazy injuries outside of the few that have happened. Um, yeah, but I think there just are the COVID stuff. A handful of notable ones, and then I think the COVID, and we've already talked about this in terms of the new NFL policy on our last episode. But I think between that policy and um, you know what we're already seeing in training camp, which is people are testing positive for COVID, I think everyone was kind of hoping for a full stadium attendance and no COVID impact on this season. And I don't think that's yeah. a realistic expectation. Expect that there are going to be impacts on this season again because of COVID. So yeah, you're going to see players out there. Check and see if your players are vaccinated <laughs> or if everybody on their team is, which I think I just retweeted one of my favorite podcasters for fantasy football. And I think he said that Minnesota actually has the lowest lowest in the league. N- yeah. Yeah. The lowest number of vaccinated players in the league. So it's like them. And then Washington, I think are the two lowest in football. As a Dalvin cook owner. Ooh. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, as we kind of talked about last week, I do think the COVID stuff is going to kind of be a concern all year. It will, um, for especially sure. for non-vaccinated players. Um, that being said, maybe it's better that it's an issue now during training camp than during the season from a fantasy aspect. Um, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I've talked about this with Jake a little bit before we started this episode too. But I'd like to during the the regular season and feel free to chime in as the audience and let me know if this is something you're interested in. But Obviously, we do this weekly, so a lot of the news might be outdated, but just kind of highlighting some of the things that happened during the last week of the NFL. Uh, as we move towards you know Thursday night football, if we continue to do this on Wednesdays, or we'll have our podcast leading up to the Thursday night game if we go back to Thursdays or, or wh- whatever we end up doing. But either way, having a short segment probably at the beginning, not a full topic necessarily, but just kind of touching on some of the highlights of the NFL week, and especially since we're both big NFL fans. Um, so possibility there. But as we start to close this episode out specifically – I was hoping it was going to happen tonight. It didn't. But I have put a special package in the mail for Mr. Jake Perry. It arrived at his house today, but because of the stupid bullshit that he has for mail, yep. uh, he won't tomorrow. get it until tomorrow. And so hopefully he can, and I might just force him to sit on it now until next week before the episode, hey. and he can open it then. Uh, but I am excited for him to open that as well. And so you guys will see that for sure on the next episode. Uh, excited to, to bust that out and we can talk about exactly what that is so look forward to that on the next episode other than that thanks everybody for listening in to another episode of two average husbands it has been a fantastic episode 
feel free to follow us at number two abg husbands on instagram and twitter we're also on facebook and as you're probably listening to us now on youtube you might not need to double down but we're also available on itunes and on spotify for your listening pleasure not viewing pleasure as you get on youtube but definitely there for the listening as well so follow us on the personals follow us on the twitter for the uh, two average husbands account or the social medias for the two average husbands as well and thank you as always jake go ahead and close her out real quick what is your score for your second whiskey Ooh, good call thank you for hitting it before we close out as opposed to last week i actually think this one was better uh surprisingly than bushmills and i would give it a six seven okay slight improvement i will give proper 12 a 7.1 it was definitely sweeter you have to like sweet to like proper 12 that's what i'm learning a lot of people online have kind of reiterated that fact that it is very sweet it is a very sweet i still haven't tried it i have to but I think it's worth trying. It's also only like 20 bucks a bottle. It's pretty cheap. So Fair enough. might as well try it. But it should be $12 a bottle, proper 12 Business. Um, yeah, like Kyle touched on, we, we always thank you guys for tuning in. Um, you know, we, we do love seeing the interaction in the chat, uh, which was something that's, you know, been bigger the last couple of weeks. So definitely keep that up. Um, definitely stop by our YouTube streams if you are a Spotify or iTunes only listener. It's definitely worth it. Um, though we do appreciate the support on all platforms. Um, like Kyle said, make sure you give us a follow on our personals as well as our, um, our joined accounts for these social platforms. We are going to try and be more active. I do have a lot of posts that I've been backlogged. Kyle and I have both been very busy with work and school and stuff recently. So hoping to get back to posting a lot more on social platforms, but that is all that we have for you guys this week. We thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next week. Peace.